everybody. Welcome into the I Want to Know podcast. This is your host, Greg Jones, and I'll be leading you on an inquisitive departure into audio wisdom. I want to thank everybody for listening so far. I hope you guys have been enjoying this show. I've been getting lots of good feedback, so thank you so much. Uh, it really helps me to keep on going and to uh, know I'm doing the right thing. So thank you so much for that. One thing you guys can do to help the show out, besides telling your friends and family to listen, is to go on to iTunes and rate and subscribe. You know, a little five-star action. It's always much appreciated. To make it easy for you on the I Want to Know show.com page, to click on Listen, the link to iTunes is right there. Write up a little thing, and I'll be much appreciative of that. In fact, if you write up a nice little review, please tweet it to me so I know about it and I can thank you. And, uh, you know, I like interacting with everybody. I want to know if you've done something nice. Anyways, on today's show, we have Marcus Allen. He is the author of the Truth in 7 Minutes blog. You can get that at truthin7minutes.com. You can also find him at Truth in 7 Minutes on Twitter. Now, that's the number seven. Marcus Allen, among uh, being a blogger and a uh, guy who seeks knowledge, is quite the conspiracy theorist on the whole September 11th attacks. He believes this entire thing is a media hoax, and he has a lot of evidence to back up his story. I don't want to tell you what I think of what he said, because I want you guys to form your own opinions. Before we start the show, I want you to know that if you go to the IWantToKnowShow.com webpage, click on Guests up at the top there, I have a bio on each guest. And for Marcus Allen, he was very kind to take notes throughout the entire interview of everything we talked about and sent me links to everything we talked about. So if you go to that guest page, click on the Marcus Allen bio, you'll see links to just about everything we talked about. There's at least 20 links in there. It was not only very nice of him to do that, but it really helps back up the things he's saying. So make sure you check those out as you're listening to the show. It really kind of helps bring everything into perspective. So without further ado, let's talk to Marcus Allen, author of truthin7minutes.com. And the author of quite the interesting September 11th uh, hoax theory. Marcus, how are you doing, buddy? Never had a bad day in my life. Thanks for inviting me. I'm very honored that you are asking me to come on to your podcast. I'm honored that you'd come. Uh, I've told people about this upcoming interview. People are very, very excited about this. And a lot of people are on very different sides of the fence when it comes to this story. So mm -hmm. I think a lot of people are going to enjoy uh, a little bit of background, Marcus has a blog, like I said, truthin7minutes.com. You cover all sorts of topics, but the one I, I just happened to stumble across, I can't even tell you how I think it was Facebook, was your whole thing about September 11th being basically a media hoax. Right. What got you started in blogging and kind of how did that turn into the September 11th? Because most of your blogs are not this sort of thing at all. No, I made a promise to my family <laughs> uh, that I would stay away from... Uh, very hot topics like 9-11, talking about very controversial things like even the Holocaust, uh, vaccines, etc. And I would go more after the truth about life that was a little bit less controversial. The problem with talking about 9-11 is that we have been manipulated psychologically that it is a taboo subject. So my wife, who is a first grade school teacher, would never recommend Truth in 7 Minutes from 2008. That's when I got started because I was hell-bent on finding the real truth about the most controversial things back then. 9-11, what really happened with all the school shootings, uh, e even talking about the Holocaust. Mm -hmm. And I think that was a mistake. 
And it was a mistake because I underestimated how powerful the psychological effects are that come from actually comes from the Navy. Navy intelligence runs many psychological, they're called psyops. Okay. And they run many psychological operations on not only us here in the United States, but around the world. And I didn't realize how effective that was so that when I would show people logic without emotion about what happened with 9-11, they would discount that. And of course, they would turn on me and they'd shoot the messenger and say that I was crazy. So fast forward to 70-something days ago, and I uh, am a big fan of a uh, – of a vlogger, as in video logger. His name is Casey Neistat. Maybe you've heard of him. Uh, he put out the famous uh, Make It Count video for Nike, and he's put out many other videos. Oh, okay. And he inspired me to do something on a daily basis. I always thought about doing it because I knew that people would be very interested in that, uh, especially seeing that next year, 2016. I think it's mandatory that cars allow for podcasting. So I'm oh, like, finally. you know what? Yeah, finally, right? So literally, our voices are going to be mandatory to be in cars if people like to listen to it. So I said, I'm going to do a daily blog tied into a daily podcast tied into a daily vlog. So literally, I've been doing the daily blogging for 70-something days. I'm, in fact, tonight will be the first night that I launch my daily podcast oh. at truthin7minutes.com. And then very shortly, I will have... Uh, very interesting uh, videos that go up on YouTube, mostly talking about things that are a little bit more politically correct, but will make you scratch your head and say, wow, the, I did not know that. I, I'm thrown by the whole, your wife is a first grade teacher and now you're doing this. That's that's great. Uh -huh. uh, can you explain a little more about this, the Navy PSYOPs and like what they're doing? Um, in what way? What, what What makes you curious about that? Well, I, I never really heard somebody bring that up before. So, you know, you, you talk about explaining things to people with the emotion removed and they just think you're a crazy person. How does that Navy PSYOPs tie into all of this? Well, <clears throat> it all comes down to good decisions and bad decisions in life. I made every mistake in life you could possibly make, and I've even invented a few. I'm really good at making mistakes. <laughs> And when I look back and I look at why I made those mistakes, it's because I actually – I fell for the psyops, the psychological operations that Navy intelligence puts out. Did you ever see the movie The Truman Show? Yes. Okay. What did you think of that movie? Oh, that was years ago. I uh, was, was not a huge fan. That was kind of boring. Oh, that's interesting. I guarantee you if you watch that movie after we speak tonight – uh, you will find it one of the most exciting movies you ever watched. Okay. I was uh, for the, young when it came out. but So do you remember the premise? It was Truman, who was played by uh, Jim Carrey, uh, had a father who was a producer of reality TV. Right. And he set up a studio, interestingly enough, in the moon. And they filmed this actually in Florida. And they filmed Truman's life from womb to tomb. Literally, when he was born... For 24 hours a day, seven days a week, he would be on TV and all of the actors uh, that played the part in the Truman movie were actually the audience at the same time. It was a very interesting concept. Yeah. 
And Truman went through life thinking that everything was just mere coincidences and there were boom-bust cycles in the economy and you just happened to coincidentally run into the milkman at a certain time. Fast forward into later in his life, he found out that, hey, maybe my life is kind of scripted here, uh, that things aren't coincidence. They're, they're literally manufactured. And then what's even more interesting is he's absolutely convinced, much like I am about life being manufactured, that even the weather is controlled. That rain cloud that was on him on the beach and he moved over just a foot, the rain cloud followed him because there was someone on the set whose job it was to make it rain. And the problem was that he was like screaming because you have this innate desire to tell people about this mind-blowing information, much like I do in real life. And he would scream about how life is manufactured, it's a hoax, it's faked. And everyone pretends like he's crazy, even though they know that he's not. And that's the way I look at getting back to your question about psychological operations. We live in a script. Life is a manufactured script. We think we're bumbling and stumbling along. And like I said before, there, you know, the economy goes through ups and downs and we have a string of bad days and bad luck. And we just think it's us. But what I found, and by the way, all the things that I talk about, this is my truth. That's why I call it my truth in seven minutes, because truth has many different versions. This is what I've discovered and observed as a 48, I think I'm 48 years old man. <laughs> so the living through a script, um, people are going to say, well, can you give me uh, some examples? Right. Great examples are our opinions. For example, I'm, I'm asking you straight up. Are you pro-life or pro-choice when it comes to having, an, uh, having a baby or an abortion? Uh, choice. You're pro-choice. Yeah. So that really means you're pro-life. So you're given this idea that you're the opposite of pro-life. You're pro-choice. But actually pro-choice means that there's part of you that's, that's pro-life. It's a very interesting uh, dynamic. But if you notice, whether you're pro-life or pro-choice, you only have two options, and that is known as a dialectic. Are you familiar with like the Hegelian dialectic or just a straight-up dialectic? Uh, no, not really. Okay. So a dialectic, you have thesis, antithesis, and then synthesis. Okay. So an example would be, uh, let's take politics. So you have... Uh, thesis is the left wing. Let's say that's the Democrats. I don't follow. I haven't voted all my life, so I don't even know what politics is all about. Okay. So, so you have thesis, which is the Democrats, and then you have antithesis, the anti-thesis, which is the right-hand side, the Republicans, let's say. Right. And then you have the synthesis. So you have the people on the left butting he heads against the people on the right, and then they pretend to duke it out. And uh, you know, the Democrats hate the Republicans. They're War hawks, the their spend, you know, tax and spend. They have all these little slogans, and at the end of the day, they synthesize those two arguments into a common goal. For example, terrorism. Right. So you have those who want to go to war, those who don't want to go to war, and then you get the Patriot Act. That's the that's the synthesis. Okay. So that's how life is, is that we have these two seemingly opposite conditions that we think we're coming up with our own opinions about. 
so that when we're at the water cooler the next day and we're like, hey, you know, what would you think about that shooting that happened at the Charleston church? Then or let's take an even better one. What would you think about the O.J. Simpson trial? And you have, you know, of course, all the black people who say, well, he is innocent. You have all the white people who say he's guilty. And then there's this merging um, of the two ideas, which is we, you know, we really should do something about gun control. Right. Okay. So that's what I mean. We live through this script where we think we have our own opinions, but really the outcomes are predetermined for us through the script. Okay. And then that gets in, that gets into 9/11 which we can talk about. Yeah. You know what the real reason for 9/11 was. So with the with the OJ case. Right. So whites are on one side, blacks are on the other side. Right. Classic divide and conquer. Right. Are you saying that in the end this was scripted in order to bring about laws about gun control? Well, first of all, it's 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 always about a divide and conquer. You got to separate. You have to have this burning issue. You have uh, racism, which is a weaponized word. It's one of a handful of weaponized words. You have racism. You have nine eleven as a weaponized word. The Holocaust as a weaponized word, and that gets people whipped up into a frenzy, not because they came up with this anger on their own. It's because the psychological division and the culture creation industry. The culture creation industry is everything from the news to radio to newspapers to books, uh, movies, science fiction. That entire Hollywood culture creation industry along with the military, Navy, intelligence specifically, helps create the realities that we live in. And again, we think – that we're making our own choices. We think that we're pro-choice or that we're pro-life or that we agree with, you know, OJ being innocent or guilty, but we're never given the gray. It's always the black and white. True. So how can we never talk about the gray? Well, because the gray is unpredictable. When you have a population that's unpredictable, you can't control them. And that's really what this comes down to is that we are controlled. We live in a world where there are con- our controllers, our owners, hide behind the scene, much like in The Wizard of Oz. They're behind the curtain, <laughs> and they're literally pulling the strings of the, our leaders that get us to think the way we think. We do not think on our own. We think very emotionally. We do not tend to think logically. And that's what I was getting to before, which is – When it comes to any topic now, the one thing that I've learned after making all the mistakes that I've made in life is that anytime I make a decision, whether it's in my own business or in my own relationships with my family, anytime I make a decision based on emotion, uh, it never works out well for me. It usually works out better when it's based on logic. When When you kind of take a step back, pros and cons, figure out what the best answer is. Like how do you, how do you break down how do you clear your emotions from this decision? Well, let me give you some examples, please. I had life insurance. I had a life insurance policy. Uh, I wasn't even breadwinner when I had this. It cost me thirty two dollars every quarter for a one hundred thousand dollar policy. So emotionally, my wife is like, "I know one day you're going to be the breadwinner. What happens if you die?" My my income is not going to cover me and the children's lifestyle. We need you to have life insurance to have that safety net so that if you die, then I'm okay. That's the emotional argument. Mm-hmm. The logical way of looking at that is 
Now, wait a second. $32 a quarter times four quarters a year is $128 a year. Right. Now, the average person lives to age 78. When I first got life insurance, let's say I was just 20 years old, which I wasn't. I was actually a little bit older. But let's say I was 20 years old. Well, if I live to 78, that's 58 years. 58 years times $128 a month is like 6000 bucks. Let's say – let's go crazy here. Let's say I live 10 times longer than that. I'm going to live 580 years. I'm going to be the longest living person on the planet, <laughs> all right? Well, 10 times that amount is $68,000. How is it that the insurance company, which, by the way, the insurance industry is the most profitable industry known to man, how in the world can they pay $100,000 to my wife when I die if they only collected $6,800 or $68,000 from me? Right. That That is logic. And logic – usually wins. And when you look into the reason why the insurance companies can do that, it's because they don't pay the claims. 99 out of 100 claims given to life insurance companies never get paid on time. Most never get paid. So that's separating the emotion of, of a decision from the logic. And now, I mean, I just look at everything in a purely logic. Anytime I make a decision, especially if it's a major decision, it's based on a logical decision, not emotion. I mean, we can take everything from buying a home. They say, when you rent a home, you're throwing your money away. Right. In fact, the, the, the phrase, the great American dream, was actually developed, from what I understand, by Fannie Mae, which, of course, is the, uh, the, the home loan company right, from the 1960s, right? So they use this emotional slogan, the great American dream, to convince my freaking mother-in-law who convinced <laughs> my wife that we should buy a house. Now, I read a book 25 years ago that showed logically that buying a house compared to renting, except in Louisiana and I think Boston, Massachusetts, was an insane investment. That you were much better off renting a house because after the end of 30 years, when you compared the person who rented compared to the one who bought the person who rented would have more money in their bank account after all was said and done compared to the person who bought. Interesting. So really the only thing you're doing is buying something to give to your kids after you die. Well, that gets into a whole another logical versus emotional argument where I say when I die, I think Stephen Dubner was the author's name. He said, when I die, the last check I write is going to go to the undertaker. It's going to bounce because <laughs> – and that's great advice because giving money, I see families get ruined. I see someone in my family right now who's wishing death on my mother-in-law because she's waiting for that payment that she's going to get to to help her with, along with her bills. She's literally waiting for her her mom to die. Oh, geez. And trying to get her to get a will and a living will, et cetera. Mm -hmm. So in my case, I am not paying for college. That's another emotional versus logical. By the way, I never finished with the uh, the home thing. For every $100,000 that we borrow, on average, $200,000 goes to interest on the loan. Right. And even more devious than that is the average person stays in their house, I understand, five years. Of course, there are people who stay 30 there are lots of people who stay a year. My brother always stays like a year and he moves. Well, what happens is the scam with the mortgage industry 
is they front load the interest for the first seven to nine years. Meaning if you pay $1,000 for that house and you're paying that mortgage off, the first seven years, virtually 100% of that $1,000 a month payment is going strictly to interest. You're not bringing the, uh, the loan value down. It's only after that does it start to chip away and it, there's like this bell curve and it goes up after nine years. So if, if most people leave their house, they are literally like the, the, rent, they, the renters are throwing their money away. No, the people who have mortgages are throwing their money away. They're literally getting no equity out of the first seven to nine years. Interesting. Um, what if they were to come at it, and now we're getting up on a whole other topic and we won't go too long, but you know, what if you come at it, you're a guy with a lot of money, you're going to buy a house, you have cash, you're not borrowing from the bank. Is it then a logic decision to buy a house? Um, I don't know. I'd have to think about that. I think it depends on the circumstance. It sounds like it'd be a better decision. Of course, there are things that you don't think about when you even pay cash for a house. Uh, you have property taxes that go towards paying for schools. Uh, that you don't when you don't typically have when you rent. Right. The other major expense with a house is repairs and upkeep. For example, I have a roof that's about thirty nine hundred dollars that it needs to be replaced. We've only been here thirteen years. I have a heating and air conditioning system that needs to be replaced. It should have been replaced actually. We were told five years ago. We've been very lucky. It's still cranking on. That's close to six thousand dollars. Microwave broke. We don't even use a microwave anymore, so that's fine. We had to buy a new dishwasher the first year because the water in our house was hard water and it clogged up the dishwasher. There are many uh, maintenance expenses that go into having a house. When I rented a luxury apartment before I moved here, I made one phone call. and We joked it went to Schneider. Anyone who's my age will know who Schneider is from one day at a time. And Schneider came over and he fixed it that afternoon. When the carpets needed to be repaired, one phone call, the carpets are repaired, and that's included in the price of rental. Right. So I do not have to really look at the circumstance where the person lives, et cetera. But again, if we just take the emotion out of the decision-making and go with logic, and again, we'll get back to 9-11, then it really starts to become clear what the better decision is. Interesting. So let's tie these two together. Was 9-11 kind of the eye-opening for you about all this logic and the, the psyops and everything? Yeah, I would say so. I would say so. I actually knew that life, there was something wrong about life, but I didn't know exactly what it was when I was, uh, I think nine years old. And that's because when I was in first grade, I think it was first grade, uh, Mrs. Berger <laughs> told the class that if we threw away half of our meal, that starving people in Africa would go hungry. Somehow she, repeated that psychological myth to us. Oh, and if we didn't drink our water or we wasted water, then again, people in Africa couldn't drink water. You know, they didn't have water to drink. That never ever made sense to me, but I was young and I didn't really put two and two together. Fast forward to high school and I had a teacher by the name of Joe Scholes, the greatest teacher I ever had in my life. He was a business teacher And he told us, he told the class that he said, did you know that the United States government, as well as governments around the world, they actually pay farmers not to grow food. In other words, take the food that you grow, give it to us, and it's going to sit in a silo and it's literally going to get wasted. Right. 
So I'm thinking to myself, Mrs. Berger told me that there are too many people on the planet, and if we don't eat our food, they're not going to have enough resources to eat and drink, etc. Yet we have the governments, the worldwide governments, that are paying farmers not to grow food. That was a big deal for me. That was like the start of me becoming the most skeptical person on the planet, which I'm proud of. But I'm also very optimistic. I love living where we live. I am very optimistic that a growing number of people will kind of awaken from their slumber. And uh, I will find like-minded people who agree with the conclusions that I've come up with that are logical and not emotional. seems like the internet has a big part to play in that sort of thing. It does, but it's, it's like anything. It's like TV. Like t- it's like a gun. The internet is like a gun. It could be used for good and it could be used for bad. You notice that there, uh, the people who rule over us, they, see, they, they used to print the money. Now they literally make the money with zeros in a computer. If, if someone wanted to pay me off and give me a gazillion dollars, it is an entry in a computer and they could wire that money to me in seconds. So the people who rule over us, they run the money supply. It's interesting when you ask high-level bankers, central bankers, where does money come from? What does money mean? We don't understand what mean. They always say the same thing. They always say, oh, money comes from money heaven. <laughs> and it's true. It does come from money heaven because someone can literally forward money anywhere they want. Uh, I don't know how I got on that topic. I had a point to make with that. Uh, we started talking about the farmers and the – being paid to throw away their food and yeah but we were talking about something before that we should roll back the tape <laughs> that'd be great uh, i was i was talking about was 9-11 kind of what started you into this sort of yeah right and, yeah right so yeah that was that was um so yeah 9-11 well let me just let me give the uh the seven second uh conclusion that i've come up with with 9-11 okay 9-11 was a 101 minute movie that was shown on tv that's the simplest way that I can explain it. There is absolutely zero proof that what the government and the military and the culture creation industry has told us is really what happened that day. In fact, it's such an insulting whopper of a lie that it really boggles my mind that other people can't see it. Okay. So my question for you is after you read my invest my complete report and investigation on it, how do you feel about 9-11? Do you agree with my conclusion? You know, I've, I've heard some of the things that you mentioned, and most of it was new to me, but I've heard some of the things. And it's hard to dispute some of the evidence you had on that website, uh, which we'll, of course, link to on, on Facebook and webpage and all that stuff. Um, you know, there's some things that I think there could be explanations to. Take, for instance, uh, you have two pictures next to each other. It's of the tower that's burning, and, and one has the background, and one looks like the background's been removed. Oh, the video. Right. You have the right. still of the video. Um, right. Obviously, you know, what, no matter what side of the fence you're on, you could say, well, the you know, camera was a little bit lower, so you missed the lower background. Mm-hmm. You know, there's things like that that I think could be explained as to, uh, you know, where you may be wrong. But there's other things, and I think one of the bigger things for me is the celebrities all canceling their flights. Yeah, let's talk about that. Okay. Well, first thing is, how could they cancel their flights without them being in on the, 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 the gag, if you will? Right. Actually, I, that, that is sort of a um, – what's the word I'm looking for? Well, let me just explain for those who don't know what we're talking about. Yeah. 
Someone compiled a list last year. This is like a bombshell. Someone said, you know what? A lot of celebrities, famous people, and well-connected people, coincidentally, remember, I'm not into coincidence theories, coincidentally canceled their flight on those on those flights, the, the, the 9-11 flights, either the day of or the day before 9-11. And what's interesting is that would be more than twice the amount of people who actually flew, if there were planes on 9-11, who flew on 9-11. Now, no airline could be in business if twice as many people canceled than fly airplanes. Of course. So if anyone believes the official story and they think and they agree with what with that conclusion, then they really have to ask themselves just on that one fact alone, wait a minute, something is majorly wrong here. How can that be? Now, I contend that we saw a movie, a 101 minute movie on 9-11. That means there were no planes. That means there were no hijackers. That means there were no victims. Um, I don't think I told you this story. A week before I launched truthin7minutes.com, but by the way, it's the number seven, I – now, this was a coincidence. I was at the Lancaster Park, and I overheard a couple fighting, and they were talking about how Michael Michael Jordan was a sellout. <laughs> did, did you hear this story? Uh, I, don't, I don't think so. Uh-huh. So they were like going back and forth like, yeah, he's a sellout. He makes you know millions and billions of dollars selling – expensive shoes to black kids and they were a black couple. So I heard this and I'm like, Oh my God, I got to jump into this. I love that kind of talk. You know, people <laughs> who question things. So I asked them about it and they told me and I said, well, you should see what I'm, you should see what's in my hand. I'm putting the finishing touches on what really happened on nine 11. Now, normally when I tell people that they run away, we've been so psychologically traumatized by nine 11 that no one wants, seems to want to talk about it. Well, they, their eyes like lit open and that's because their daughter survived 9-11 that day. Oh. Their daughter worked – I don't know if it was the South Tower or the North Tower, but she survived and it wasn't anything uh, heroic or uh, special. She survived because they had an emergency drill that day an hour before the event and no one was allowed in the building. Interesting. Let me repeat that, that for the hard – let me repeat that. Yeah. No one was allowed in, in the buildings on 9-11 – it, they were closed off. And if you uh, go back to my link uh, to my entire report, you'll see a New York Times article that confirms this. It said that they had a pre-planned emergency drill on the day of 9-11. No one was allowed in the building. Now, that's quite the coincidence. Right. So, I mean, that really sealed the deal for me. I mean, I was going to go with my website the next week regardless of meeting this couple. But when I heard that – Totally sealed the deal for me. I'm like, okay, we saw a movie on TV. This is this is literally uh, Independence Day, the movie Independence Day, pretending to be a real event on TV. If you look at all – you asked me if 9-11 had a profound effect on me. It, of course it did. So now when I see that this was a hoax, now the next thing I did is I went back in history and I looked at Oklahoma City. I looked at Waco. I looked at all the school shootings. I looked at Columbine. I look at Sandy Hook. Let's talk about Sandy Hook. Sure. Do you think Sandy Hook – was there anything about Sandy Hook that made you go, wow, something isn't right about this? Uh, I mean I haven't looked into it in depth other than news reports, but uh, it was interesting that the teacher was the one that fought back. 
that fought back? Yeah. I don't know about that. What does that mean? Am, am I thinking of the wrong school shooting? <laughs> what Wasn't there a teacher that saved a bunch of kids and tried to fight the guy off? Oh, maybe. I don't know. I mean, this is all, these are all story logical operations. And yeah. somebody will tell me I'm wrong, I'm sure. Right. Sandy Hook was such an obvious hoax that the people who make fun of me where I get my haircut, so I no longer talk about any of this stuff with them. I just get my haircut and, and we say goodbye and I pay my money. They actually came up to me and they, they literally peppered me with, oh, my God, did you see this about Sandy Hook? Oh, my God, did you see that about Sandy Hook? It was such an obvious hoax that even regular people who think I'm crazy came up to me and started asking me about it. So when I think 9-11 went way too far and it really shook me up and I know there's tons of other people who are waking up because of it. And um, so, yeah, it makes me look back at, at prior events and it's just amazing. It truly is. So do you think that people actually died in September 11th? There's there uh, maybe I've seen, I, I think it was on your website. I think you have the thing that shows where they've actually photoshopped and, and made it look like there's people that have died who really weren't even a part of it. Right. See, I wasn't there to know. I was literally, I'll never forget that day. It was a late summer. It wasn't fall. That's another lie that they tell us. It was a late summer day. It was amazingly clear, not a cloud in the sky. It was, it was, it was, there was a chill in the air for summer. And I remember I thought I was going to die that day because I lived in Westchester, Pennsylvania, which is literally in the middle of the whole thing, middle from New York, Washington, D.C., and Shanksville, Pennsylvania. Um, and it was a very odd scene because when I was – I went outside with my newborn son, five months old, at my apartment, and people were outside. And everyone was looking up because we, we thought airplanes would be zoom, zooming by. And it was completely calm. Everyone was calm. Yet if you watch the TV, you thought we were all going to die that day. I mean right. no one knew what was going to happen. Well, that's that's trauma and that's done on purpose. We know that 9-11 is a traumatic event on purpose for many reasons. The big reason for me is on uh, every anniversary of 9-11 on NBC – I don't know if you're aware of this – they replay 9-11 live as if it just happened at the exact same time on September 11th each year. I was not aware of that. Okay. What would be the benefit of showing this disgusting, traumatic event every single year as if it happened again? Well, quite honestly, assuming that this was a real event, that seems very disrespectful to the victims and their families. Sure does. It sure does. I don't. I know you're into sports. You're going to remember this. Okay. Remember when Joe Theismann did that thing to his ankle? It was a little bit before my time, but yes, I do. Uh-huh. Now, they showed that over and over and over again, and then they stopped, and then they said, you know what? This is, this is probably too much for most people to take, and then they stopped. But when it comes to, quote-unquote, almost 3,000 people dying in a building – that plane hit and hit and hit and hit and hit over and over and over again all day, all the channels over and over and over again. That's called psychic driving. And to make matters worse, they do it every anniversary and check this out. 
If you were to go to Google right now and type in 9-11, let's do that together. Do you have access to the uh, Internet? Yep, sure do. All right, so let's type in 9-11 into Google and then click on News. Let me read some of the headlines. Here's how John Stewart handled 9-11 on The Daily Show yep, from nine that. hours ago. Yeah. Um, all right, so there's a lot of John Stewart. <laughs> a lot of John Stewart today. Right. Uh, Fox, Fox's Hillary Clinton critic also blames the Illuminati. That's interesting, for probably for 9-11. Interesting. Saudi King blamed Mossad for 9-11 17 hours ago. Plans underway for remembering 9-11 from 18 hours ago. And I can go on and on and on. If you were to do that search, because you can do a custom search with Google by using the search tools, and then um, actually you can't do it in news. You'd have to hit web, then search tools, then anytime, and then hit custom range. If you were to put in a date, now remember 9-11 was 2001. It is 2015 as we're recording this. So for, almost 14 years ago, someone did this. They actually put in 9-11 every single day into Google, and they found hundreds and hundreds of references to 9-11 every single day since 9-11-2001. Once again, more proof of trauma. This is all about emotionally traumatizing us. Whether you be, whether you believe the official story or not, whether you believe the conclusions that I've that I've observed, why are they? Why is the culture creation industry doing this to us? Where is the outrage? So at the now, very course, least, let's say you're just absolutely insane, and this, yeah. this was totally real, and you're crazy. At the very right. least, there is a definite amount of trauma being forced down our throats, essentially, by all the just news stories. There's a guy by the name of Lennon Honor. Actually, I'm going to mention two things. He discovered that exactly six weeks every year before the 9-11 anniversary, the, the culture creators flood the news with references to plane crashes, 9-11 remembrances, all that kind of stuff. Now, I can understand the 9-11 remembrances. We've got the anniversary date coming up. But there's all kinds of traumatic events, and when you check them all out, they're almost always hoaxes, that reinforce the trauma of 9-11. Even worse, do you know who um, – how old are you? 30. 30. So you're probably before your time. Remember Adam Curry from MTV? I, can, I know the name. I can't picture any faces. Like Headbangers Ball, I think oh, he Oh, yeah. I know that. Uh-huh. Well, he's a batshit crazy – can I swear? Please. Okay. He's a batshit crazy conspiracy podcaster like me. Um, and he and John Dvorak, who's a very well-respected um, computer writer – he writes about PCs and stuff, technology. They discovered that these traumatic events that we see on the news happen almost exactly in six-week cycles. In fact, when they announced that – the FBI stopped doing – because the FBI is involved in this too. They stopped doing these on a, on a six-week basis. But in, before that, they actually had a calendar and documented the six-week cycle. And so, sure enough, all of these events happen, bam, six weeks, six weeks, six weeks. So up until their announcement, it was like clockwork. It was like clockwork, yeah. I'm, I'm going to work in some questions. I got some questions from the listeners. I have some questions of my own about the whole sure. 9 /11. So I'm just going to work in some random questions that really don't flow with the story at all. Okay. Bad transition. Um, yes, <laughs> so we, we talked about the fact that, uh, you know, it was kind of 9-11 that opened your eyes up to this sort of thing. 
Mm-hmm. When it first happened, when it first started going down, planes are supposedly hitting the towers or crashing in Pennsylvania. Did you mm-hmm. believe everything that the media was telling you? Like this was actually happening. Muslims are flying planes into things. No. When um when I heard when I because I was on and I'll never forget. I was watching Mark Haynes on CNBC, which is a financial show, and they were pondering about what what with the smoke that was coming through. And then as soon as the second plane hit, they're like, they, they so I was flipping channels. And what I noticed, because I'm a pattern guy, I noticed that they were all reading from a script. If you rewind the tape and listen to everyone from Matt Lauer to Mark Haynes to even Howard Stern, they all read the same talking points. When it happened. So the first thing I thought of, I didn't think it was no planes and it was a movie. The first thing I thought of was that they remote controlled the planes because uh, I'm very much into being a pilot. I can't, I can't be a pilot because I'm red, green, colorblind and I can't fly at night. So I've kind of lost interest in it. Mm-hmm. I know how planes work. When planes are a thousand feet above sea level, there's no way they can even go 200 miles per hour, let alone 500 miles per hour. So that's another problem with the story. The official story is they it dive bombed and went 500 miles. No. It's impossible to go that speed. The air is too thick. The reason why planes fly at 35,000 feet, 36,000 feet, because the air is thinner. That's why they can go faster. So I knew there was a problem with the story. They were all reading the same talking points. A plane cannot tar- – a plane flying that fast cannot hit a relatively skinny building like that impossible. I didn't buy that at all. So I thought it was remote controlled. That was the first thing I thought of. As far as the miles per hour, what about something hitting terminal velocity? It, it still wouldn't be that fast? Uh, what do you mean by that? Well, you said there's no way the planes could hit the towers at 500 miles per hour. I don't think... Uh, I don't think... I think they've actually demonstrated this. I don't think a professional pilot could hit uh, going what any speed. I think they've tried different speeds in a flight simulator. And experienced pilots could barely hit even part of the building on a regular basis, let alone hijackers who wear towels on their head, who never got trained to even fly level just to take off. The whole official story is ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Yeah. It's insulting. (laughs) Like, why aren't people insulted by this? They told us that Osama bin Laden hated – hates us for our freedom. That makes absolutely no sense. What does that mean? What does that mean? The, the weird thing about that is that he may hate us for our freedom, but he's you know kind of top dog where he was at that point. So wouldn't he essentially have all the same freedoms we have? I, I don't like stories. I just <laughs> when I hear these stories, they're fairy tales to me. Well, that brings up another question I got from one of the listeners was. Is or at the time was Osama bin Laden? Was he like our evil Disney villain? Did we need that Jafar character to pin this on someone? Well, it's interesting because Disney is, plays a big time role in uh, massaging us for what's to come. It's called predictive programming. So we know nine eleven was planned decades beforehand because there are movies uh, and book covers and album covers, and I'm going to have links to all this that show what was going to happen on 9-11. There is a unheard of pilot movie, like as in, uh, I'm sorry, it was, I don't know if it was a TV show. It was called The Lone Gunman. That literally was the exact same scenario as what happened on 
Seth MacFarlane, you know Seth MacFarlane, right? Of course. He has an uncanny way of putting into the scripts hours before something happens of someone's death. Hours before Joan Rivers died, he had a cartoon about Joan Rivers dying. And he has all uh, – I'm going to have links to this. It's called predictive programming. What that does is they psychologically say something that makes absolutely no sense. It's in the middle of of a line that – it's a throwaway line that makes absolutely no sense whatsoever. And then lo and behold, it actually happens. And Seth MacFarlane is obviously in on it and part of this predictive programming. Well, and he was one of the celebrities that canceled their flight. Isn't that interesting? So you're saying he's in on the whole thing? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Wouldn't, I find it interesting that they would find someone like Seth MacFarlane to be in on all of this just because he seems so – and maybe this is part of their their plan. He just seems so you know, anti-PC, anti-everyone you know right. everyone that you think you'd want to have him watch the show, have them watch the show. Yeah, that's a classic thing to do is you, you make fun of yourself. Comedians do this. George Carlin – has a famous clip. He says something like, it's a big club out there, but you ain't in it. And everyone laughs at that. And speaking of Joan Rivers, Joan Rivers revealed, I'll never forget this, she had a show that said, uh, George Carlin's the biggest hypocrite on the planet. George Carlin is in the club. He wears a $50,000 Rolex watch on stage. He works one day a year. George Carlin worked one day a year. Jeez. And it was his, you know, HBO special. Right. So the club being, you know, I'm better than you. I've, you know, rich or whatever. Mm, no, the club, <laughs> the club is the oldest fraternity on the planet. George Washington was in the club. Is this like the Illuminati? Or? No, Illuminati is like this distraction group. Uh, they're Freemasons. Freemasons brag that they have six million leadership positions in the world. Mm -hmm. um, that literally means that every leadership position right down to the school board, the person who runs the school board is a Freemason. Uh, you have not only that, you have sororities, fraternities, you have uh, service clubs like Kiwanis and Rotary Club and uh, you have the Jews are in on it, the Jesuits are on it. Everyone has their role in the club. And the idea behind the club is, again, to manufacture reality so that the profane, we're known as the profane, have no idea that they're living through a script. All right. So they're above the Illuminati in the – Oh, yeah. The Illuminati are like – Secret clubs. You know, like – actually, you know the first reference to uh, Freemasonry in a cartoon was Fred Flintstone. You remember he was in the club? Uh, no, I don't. I think it was the Buffalo Water Club or something. Water Buffalo Club. I okay. Think that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Interesting. So, I mean, the, the the thing about this club is they're very legalistic. It's called the revelation of the method. They will literally tell us that we're being snowed, but they hide it in plain sight. That New York Times article that said that there was a pre-planned drill that happened that prevented people from getting into the building, that was very hard for me to find. But they, they put it in there because that's the legal thing they do. They're very much into legal. You tell the profane what we're doing to them, but we're not going to make it easy for you to find out. Again, some people re, uh, reference that as the revelation of the method. And by legal, you mean like they're following all the laws? Right. 
Yeah, they're telling you, hey, we're screwing you, and it, you didn't say you didn't say anything about it, so I guess it's okay. It's going to hide That's, it in plain sight type of thing. It's hiding in plain sight, yeah. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, back to 9-11. Uh, a quote on your webpage says, I was beginning to understand the media, the government, and the military all work together to push agendas. Right. Would you say that we, and maybe, you know, talking about the, the Freemasons, maybe we're all the same, but I was going to say, would you say that we are worse than countries like Russia who – completely control their media. No, um, I talk about this at length in many podcasts in the past. We're, again, we're snowed into the idea that there's competition. When I went to Radnor High School, you know, our biggest competitor, you know, the, uh, rival, the biggest rival was um, uh, Lower Marion. Okay. Yet, I was friends with people from Lower Marion. But when it came to the football game, we hated each other. Of course. So this this idea that there's a cold war and there are there are people who are different just because there are invisible lines on a, that are basically on a map. Somehow they're evil. We're not. We we're also told that we're always you know religions do this and states and countries do this. You know we're the great we have, we have the greatest country on the planet. We're the freest people. Well, when you go to Germany and you go to England, etc., the the government tells their people that they're the freest people too. See, it's it's a hustle. We live in a hustle society. It's as simple as that. So there's no competition. When we say the American military, we're really talking about the the global worldwide military. They just wear different uniforms. It's all the same. They all work in tandem. Here's one that will really drive you nuts. The Vietnam War. My wife's family lost someone in the Vietnam War. It's horrible. Because the Vietnam War was a hoax. What got us into the war, I should say, is a hoax. This is admitted. I'm going to put it in the notes. It's called the um, Gulf of Tompkin Incident. Okay. Have you heard of that? Maybe. You know, the, okay. This sounds familiar, but I couldn't tell you what it was. Basically, they lied. They said that they were attacked first. Well, now it's come out, supposedly declassified. I'll put a link to it, that nothing happened. That literally the Vietnamese were working in tandem with the American government to start a war. Simple. And what's the advantage for the Vietnamese? There are, it's, it's, remember, we, we are ruled by people from behind the scenes. And it doesn't matter whether you're in America or in Cambodia. You have to have worker bees that work the hive. And it doesn't matter where they are. It's as simple as that. So it doesn't matter. Competition is it's um it's just a hoax. So then what would be you know, we're bring it back to the Vietnam Vietnam War, what would be mm-hmm. the point of that war? You can't have uh well let me try to answer it in a different way. Okay. Now this is really gonna sound crazy, and I, I hate saying that because then it makes me sound crazy. <laughs> when you look at all the events that happen in life. They always have the same pattern. The big pattern, I call it the upgrade. The Freemasons like to talk about out with the old, in with the new, right? So with 9-11, what happened? By the way, did you know how many buildings came down on 9-11? You think it's two or three? Yeah. It was actually eight or nine. Really? Mm -hmm. Completely destroyed. Yet there were buildings that were not part of the Silverstein Empire that were closer to the towers that 
narrowly had a scratch on him. What a coincidence. So buildings blocks away from the towers? Never had a scratch on him. Okay. There was a Greek church that didn't have a scratch on it, I think. Uh, I might be wrong about that. There were several buildings that were much closer to where the heavy takedown was. I, I think that 9-11 was simply a controlled demolition, nothing more or nothing less. None of those buildings around it came down, but all the Silverstein-owned buildings did, from World Trade Center 1 all the way up to Building 8 or 9. I know there was at least um, – I think it's uh, it might even be ten. I don't know. It, I've been. I have not talked about nine eleven in years, so I apologize for not being totally accurate on that. No, no problem. Now, if you take a look at Oklahoma City, you were told because the TV told us that half the building was blown to to pieces, right? Right. But actually, if you there was a map, and I'm going to try to find that map too. There were actually dozens and dozens of buildings that were completely destroyed in Oklahoma City. Now, a fertilizer bomb in a rented truck cannot do that. That would be in fact, weird. It, and it can't do what we saw on TV either. But let's just put that aside. Let's say that the official story is correct. How does anyone explain that 24-plus buildings were destroyed that day? That's a little so, odd. So what you find with all these psychological operations is it, it's a land clear or upgrade every single time. I live 15 minutes away tops from the Amish school shooting. Do you remember that one? No. Mm -hmm. Apparently, a milkman decided to shoot a bunch of children in an Amish school. Okay. This is the classic hoax. We hear it all the time. And it was a hoax. I knew it was a hoax because I used to be in the publishing business. I used to put out newsletters and, and stuff, and I know how long it takes to put out a newspaper. Our local newspaper had the entire story edited, printed, advertisers gotten, the name of the person, the, the person who shot him up's picture, quotes from his family, delivered to my neighbor's doorstep at 3.33 in the afternoon. The shooting happened before 11. That's impossible. That's pretty good. The, yeah, the news doesn't work that fast. It even goes back to JFK. The JFK shooting, big mistake. In Christchurch, New Zealand, printed the details of Kennedy being killed before he was killed. Really? Is there proof of that? But I'll find that for you, and I'll, I'll get back to you on that. I'll put that in the notes. Yeah, so that's another pattern that you find is uh, in any of these cases, you find that the reporting of the event happens before the event happens. And then the other thing you find is that there's always a donation page set up before the event happens. Again, how can all that happen if it didn't happen yet? Yeah, that's very interesting. Mm -hmm. And this is the case in just about every uh, traumatic event that we see on TV. The other thing that we see is that there are uh, either FBI or Department of Homeland Security or a couple different agencies. They are running drills at the exact same time of the exact same incident happening on TV. And I wonder if we can do this. Can we try, I want to play like a one minute clip. Um, and I want to see if you can hear it on Skype. Sure. 
Uh, the thing that concerns me is that what are we doing for the thousands of men and women actually who are in London working? And I say that because at half past nine this morning we were actually running an exercise for a, over a company of a thousand people in London based on simultaneous bombs going off precisely at the railway stations that happened this morning. So I still have the hairs on the back of my legs standing upright. Did you get this quite straight? You were running uh, a, an exercise to see where, how you would cope with this and it happened while you were running the exercise? Precisely. And it was uh, about half past nine this morning. We planned this for a company in obvious reasons, I don't want to reveal their name, but if they're listening, they'll know it. And we had a room for the crisis managers for the first time they met, and so within five minutes we made a pretty rapid decision, this is the real one. Uh, and so we went through the correct, the correct drills of activating crisis management procedures to jump from slow time to quick time thinking yeah. and so on. So did you get that? Yeah. What do you think about that? Uh, that's a little too coincidental. Right. But it's really not, because this is how it works. The cover of any psychological operation is, wow, we are so lucky, and this happened on 9-11 too, an exact drill was being run at the exact same time with the exact same situation. Wow, we're so lucky that FEMA, they tell us that FEMA happened to be in New York City the night before. And we're lucky that FEMA was there because more people would have died if the drill didn't flip to live. And we find this in almost every single a traumatic event that's shown on TV. So do you think the media is consciously aware of their participation in this, or are they just going along with the flow and they don't realize what's going on? I don't know because I don't personally know. I only know one person in the media. His name is Terry Young, the motor mouth from Philadelphia, who is a radio DJ. That's the only person I really know uh, that's still in the media. That's actually not true. I know Chuck Swartz, who owned talk radio station in Philadelphia, too. So I have not asked them about this, but I can tell you that very few corporations own the media. I think the last count was a five or six. And it all ties back to the Royal Institute of International Affairs, which is also known as Chatham House, in jolly old England. And when excuse me, when you look back to see who owns them, it is the Rothschilds family. Okay. So the Rothschilds family this is brilliant, evil genius. They gobbled up all the media and they have several different wire services. You know this because you're in, into that with the sports stuff. Mm -hmm. They have routers, Reuters, and they have uh, – what's the other one? Uh, AP, Associated Press. So what they do is they literally feed all the news agencies on TV, all the news agencies on radio, all the news agencies in the newspapers, the pre-written – propaganda, because that's what it is, and then these newspapers and radio stations and TV stations roll with it. Yeah, it's what they call getting it off the wire. Exactly. In fact, there's another term called a VNR. Have you heard of that? I don't think so. It's called a video news release. Okay. So I'll put notes about that too. Basically, someone pays 350 bucks, 400 bucks for a video news release, distributes it through the wire, and then the news agencies pick it up without even looking at it. I can literally put out fake news right now for 350 bucks, and it'll get picked up. That's pretty cheap. I like the sound of that. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, so essentially Donald Trump could put out a bunch of these fake news re releases and, you know, help himself get elected president or whatever it is. Right. Now, Donald Trump is in the club, so they're going to uh, – it's, it's literally – I know you're into worldwide – by the way, do you think – you know worldwide wrestling is fake, right? Yes. Yes, I okay. do. Uh, it just it just surprises me that people know that you know Vince McMahon admitted that it is fake. 
He flat out admitted it. Right. Do you know who um, Vince Russo is? Yes. Okay. Vince Russo wrote the scripts for WWE, right? Yeah, back in the 90s. Uh huh. He also wrote the political stuff for CNN. Did not know that. Uh huh. That's interesting. Vince Russo. I have a lot of notes to uh, fill in. <laughs> Apparently so. I'll be busy all night tonight. But yeah. it's worth it. You know, this is great. This For people who know something is wrong about life, they don't know what it is, this is a good, you know, shortcut to getting what took me literally all my life to kind of connect the dots with. And here's the good news, by the way. I, you know, some people are going to get really upset by this and might even get depressed saying, wait a minute, you're telling me that my life is fake. Kind of. But – the good news is if you take this stuff in and you keep one foot in their system and one foot out of their system, you can really have a heck of a life. The one thing that I've learned from this is what my meaning of life is, which is to is really to take care of myself for the first time in my life. You know, all my life, I always cared about what other people thought of me, so I took care of them first and then tried to take care of me next, and then I failed at everything. Now I've kind of turned my life around. I take care of myself first so that I can take care of others at the same time. Interesting. So I really think this is great news is that, you know, if you, if you know that we live in the Truman Show, just put one step in their system. Like their system is jumping on an airplane and two hours later being in a warm climate if you're from Philly in, in the winter. Mm -hmm. That's phenomenal. That's awesome. Uh, all the national parks are run by them. It's the club. The national parks are amazing. I mean, it's just beautiful scenery and it's just fantastic. Right. But I don't have to watch the news and I don't have to read their books and I don't have to go to pay to see propaganda at the movies. I, I just eliminate all that and get out of that system. And I can tell you, man, life is really awesome. So you don't, you don't watch any movies, watch any TV, that kind of stuff? I got rid of my cable TV three, two, three years ago. Okay which was very difficult for my children, but they got over it a day later. And we take that money, by the way, and we go on a weekly trip. Every single Saturday, we go somewhere and we enjoy life. Um, I took – I had thousands of dollars worth of books. I had a library in my basement. I literally threw it out in one fell swoop. I think I might have a – I have one book left in my basement because I'm friendly with an author and if he ever comes over, you know, I want to show my support <laughs> that I'm not throwing his book out. Sure. Haven't been to a movie in – my wife disputes this. I think it's been 14 or 15 years. Wow. Now, I get this. I'm going to ask you a question that everyone gives me the same answer. I want to see if you give the same answer. Okay. Can you name me one movie that you've seen that you said, you know what? I That was so worth the $10 I paid to see it. That's the exact same response I get from <laughs> no one can think of one single movie where it was worth 10 bucks. Well, I always wait for DVD. Okay. All right. Can, fine. How much is that? A buck? Yeah. Okay. Was there one single movie out there that you can name right now that was worth the buck? What was the movie? I'd say so. Uh, you know, and this is going to sound so stupid. A couple weeks ago, watched Kingsman, which is a really stupid movie, but you know that go it's kind of like action porn. Like, you know, this is not a great script, but it's going to be fun to watch things blow up. Uh huh. I, I, I did not feel bad paying the dollar fifty to watch that. Okay. But let's think about this. How come there isn't like this wholesome awesomely like this Casey Neistat I'm going to put him in the notes too 
I mean, props to this guy. This guy is just every day he puts out a new seven to eight minute uh, vlog. It's very quick. He puts it together very quick, but it's incredibly interesting. He's he's wise beyond his age. He's very. It's very good stuff to watch. When we finish dinner, we sit down. And we watch a Casey Neistat video. Okay. Why is there only like one guy on the planet that is is doing something like that? It just boggles my mind. You and the kids also. In my child, I don't have kids. I don't have goats. I have children. Yes, my two children. Yep. <laughs> okay. Do you mind me asking how old they are? Sure, they're uh, nine years old and fourteen. Okay, and you have no problem. I I don't know who he, I've never seen his videos, so you know, excuse my ignorance. But you have no problem what, having them watch his videos. No, because it's very wholesome stuff. He's very. Uh, he has a, a tremendous work ethic. Uh, he takes videos of New York City in time lapse. Uh, you know, he rides on a skateboard and it's kind of entertaining. He meets all kinds of very interesting people. Now, I mean, he's not perfect. Sure. You know, there, there are certain things that he does that make me scratch my head because he's so wise beyond his years, yet he's so childish at some things. But by far, I have gotten more out of watching him than anyone else on the planet. I, I would literally pay. I'd pay $30. I would pay a dollar to see each one of his episodes. So I'd pay $30 a month for that. We're starting to run out of time. This is going long. Let me bring it back around to 9-11 and wrap it up. And this kind of works with the movie thing. You haven't seen a movie in forever. But you say that 9-11 is a 100-minute movie or whatever it was. 101-minute right. movie. Uh-huh. What, what would you say is the actual story of what happened with 9-11? Like if, if Alien came down to Earth, hey, Marcus, yep. I heard 9-11 yep. was some crazy, horrible event. What was it? Well, you know, it's funny because if an alien came down to Earth and he asked people what happened on 9-11 and they gave the official story, I think he would run back to wherever he came from and laugh. <laughs> okay. Because it's it's truly ridiculous. Yeah. So what what do I feel happened? I don't know. Again, I wasn't there. I just take whatever bullshit with a P that the culture creation industry gives us. And I, sh and I demonstrate to people how it was impossible to happen. It is, it is impossible. For example, like what's the big smoking – you're talking about big smoking guns, right? Sure, yeah. Okay. When you watch – the thing you talked about, when you watch the NBC helicopter shot from the Today Show, which was allegedly live, which I doubt it was live. It was probably filmed months or even years ago because it was a movie. It didn't need to be live. In fact, if it was live, there was a chance of making a mistake and, and they could have gotten caught. And this is part of the revelation of the method. I am confident of it. They showed an explosion with no plane hitting the building in plain sight. This is what you were talking about with the side-by-side -side pictures. Right, yeah. They took the same movie, took out the background, made it gray, took out the cityscape, made it gray. That angle was the same angle except that it was literally – it was uh, tilted like not even a degree by computer software, CGI software, very easy to do. They took the background out, made it gray, and then they inserted a plane. So to me, like that – that to me is like we have a major problem here. Even if you're right, Greg, and you think those are two different angles, and I'm telling you they're not. Let's say they are two different angles. Okay. There's no plane in that first video. Right. That is fact. Fact. There is no plane in that video. So if – here's the thing. If a, if a car accident happens outside my window 
there's no reason for anyone to lie about it. If someone lies about it, then the red flags go up. You know, the person maybe lied because he didn't have a driver's license. And, you know, he had a lie because he's going to lose his license if, you know, blah, blah, blah. Sure. With 9-11, if it really happened the way we were told, you wouldn't have to lie about a single thing. And that gets into continuity errors. I forgot to mention that. But that's a really big thing. There are websites across the web that will look at movies and they will document that with a timestamp a, continu- a continuity error. A continuity error, if you don't know, for those listening, is something like Bruce Willis is in an action scene. Uh, he has a crew cut. He's driving through the streets. The camera pans away from him literally for a second. It pans back and now he's completely bald. Right. Obviously, Bruce Willis shaved. You know, they cut the scene there. They call it quits for the night. The next day they came in. He shaved his head by mistake. Didn't realize that it was going to be a continuity or no one would notice it. Those type of things are found all the time. There are websites that do that. Yeah. And the best example is probably, and they made fun of it, was Robin Hood Men in Tights. The king had a mole in every different scene. It was in a different spot. Mm-hmm. Okay. There you go. I don't watch movies, so I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> that was from early 90s, but okay. Mm-hmm. So, but in 9-11, there's not one continuity error. There are two or five or 10 or 100 or 500 there are literally almost a thousand continuity errors. When you look, I did a, a video that's probably how you know me. The, I'm the Facebook guy. Everyone's seen this video of the second plane hitting the South Tower in slow motion. Oh, did with, you see? With, with the building and it being behind the building? Yeah, that was me. That was my video. That's what first drew me to all of this. There you go. And now I can't find that video. Right, because YouTube, who is in the club... YouTube is Google. Google was was an intelligence front from day one. It was financed by AccuTel. Um, they've deleted my 9-11 videos. Now, what's interesting is I had a common uh, – a Creative Commons license, an international Creative Commons license on – I have that on all my content. You can go to my website. You can take my audios. You can take my videos. You can take my content and literally steal it. And put it on your website and claim it as your own. The only request is that you link back to my site. Right. So many people did that with that video. That video literally is all over the place. Well, it used to be. YouTube has literally taken down almost – there's actually one that I found that's still up. Most of the videos have been taken down. So then the question is, what, what are they hiding? Why are they taking it down? All I show is that that video has three continuity errors. One – that this the plane's wing literally jumps over a building, impossible. The second one is that a plane, no matter how fast it's going, cannot slice through a, a building. Think about this. An airplane the size that we're told crashed into the towers in New York are very big. At any point of it crashing into the building, it would hit at least two cement floors, sure. right? Sure, exactly. Sure, right? Of course. Makes sense. But then all the videos show, because this is CGI, the nose cone coming out the other side of the building, a block-long building, with its nose cone intact. That is impossible. Plus, there were 47 steel support beams that ran through the floors. So not only are we told this insulting, ridiculous, freaking lie that a plane can go cut through two floors and not suffer any damage – 
go through 47 steel columns in the middle and then come out the other side, that's ridiculous. So I show that as a continuity error. And the big one, actually the most smoking gun of smoking guns that no one's talking about, is on the right-hand side you see clear sky in this video that's been deleted. You don't see any of the other buildings. Oh, like the skyline is just wiped of all the other structures. Where'd the buildings go? (laughs) There's no buildings there. (laughs) Good question. Right. So um, there are two ways we can look at this. We can say someone purposely faked Michael Hartsakani purposely faked this video and sent it to CNN and they were just they were just blindsided by the fakeness and they went with it and that video has been around for donkey's years. That's one argument that could be made. Okay. Or the argument that I go with is that CNN is in on it. And that's the other objection that people say. They say, well, if what you're saying is correct, surely CNN and Andy Rooney from 60 Minutes would be – oh, he's dead. Someone from 60 Minutes would be on the case and would expose this. No. 9-11 was done by the media. That's like a cop writing himself a speeding ticket. <laughs> Ain't going to happen. Okay. A couple more questions for you and then we'll, we'll let sure. you go. Um do do you think people kind of write you off as this, you know, you said it yourself, kind of crazy for these these theories because you're going against the grain? Like what is it that causes people, would you say, that causes people to just say, nope, you're crazy? Okay, I'm going to type in the notes H.B. Gary. To answer your question, if you go to – let's do it right now. If you go to yahoo.com. Mm-hmm. Okay. And you pretty much click on any news story. So the first one I see is perfect. Donald Trump kicked off GOP debate with a dramatic threat to the Republican Party. Right? Yep. And if I go down to the comment section, unless they got rid of comments, which actually more and more sites are doing. There we go. View comments. There we go. View comments, right? What you're going to find is that the vast majority of comments are not real people. They're literally robots run by naval intelligence and where hb gary comes in is they are the company that provides the software that provides 500 nodes in a click of a button so someone working in a cubicle i've actually seen inside these cubicles i actually have video of it they literally click a button it creates 500 personas complete with a facebook profile a picture activity etc And that's what you're seeing from YouTube comments to Yahoo Finance comments to Huffington Post comments. That's what we're seeing. So when people say, aren't you upset that so many people think you're crazy? I say, no, I know it's some guy working in a cubicle who in a click of a button can create 500 personas and it's being written that I'm crazy. I see the comments that I get, real comments that I get on my site and people thank me. For exposing this, so no, I feel really good about this. Wow, I've I've never heard of that before. Yep, and you can actually see the pattern. Like, see, do you see that one that says Justin A? Do you see that one? Uh, let's see. From twenty four minutes ago. Anyway, if you click on if you click on someone's username, that's like one name. It's like one name, and then like you know a number, or it's not something that's natural. Like if I, I posted a. Con- Okay, if you click on that, I don't think Yahoo does this anymore. Let's see. Yeah, Justin A, if I click on it, 
Yeah, it shows all of Justin's comments, all of his comments. In fact, there's one on the right there. When you do that, it says all comments. Oh, no, that's not to do. Anyway, it used to be where Yahoo would go back to their profile. What you would find is that there's no profile. It, there's no picture. There's no name. There's nothing. That's how I can always tell if it's a robot or not. An even better way, although YouTube and Google just eliminated the Google Plus thing, which will make a lot of people happy, you no longer have to be logged into Google Plus to make a comment on YouTube. Oh, really? Yeah, it just happened like days ago. Finally. Right. So if I go to like a very popular um, – like here's a Louis C.K. one. So if I go and I look at the comments, I'll see Eric Bacon, Marissa Cherry – Hip Hop Anonymous, Anthony Mustachi. I mean, these are look like real names. Yeah. But then you'll get something like, you know, Joe 62 or like a one word here. It's like Chromix, Chromix. So if I click on Chromix, again, I'm on a YouTube comment mm-hmm. and I click on about to find out more about them. There's nothing. There's, it's absolutely empty. That I know is a robot. So the real people will have actual profiles. They'll have, of course, they will. They'll have, they'll put their blog. They'll put, you know, it'll say they're just. If you click on discussions, you'll see other discussions. On these, you see no discussions. I'm clicking on it right now. There's nothing. This guy has literally nothing. There are no channels. There's no playlist. No video. Nothing. Huh. How That's how you can tell if it's a robot. Yeah. Now HP Gary software is getting. I mean, when it first came out, like I first noticed this like three years ago. It was really easy to notice. They're getting better at it. Now they're actually putting real names in and stuff like that. But the vast majority – I mean there is no way – it doesn't matter how popular a site is. If someone gets 562 comments in one minute, it doesn't matter how popular a site is. That's not happening. It takes a lot of effort for someone to have the guts to make a comment and you know that, right? Yeah, sure. There's no way 562 people in the last minute are going to make a comment. So that's another psychological operation. You go to someone's YouTube video, they say something like, uh, vaccines are dangerous. And then underneath that, you have 562 comments in the last, you know, two minutes that say, you're a crazy conspiracy crackpot. And you have all these different comments. People get really affected by that. They're like, wait a minute, maybe this guy's a, a crackpot. No, it's Navy intelligence operator sitting in a cubicle creating 500 Personas using HP Gary software that's doing it. So it's not just the fact that internet's worldwide and that many people could stumble upon it. Think, again, think about it. there's no way you're going to find someone who loves to talk like me. I love to give my opinions. You're not going to get 562 people in a minute. But again, if you go to uh, the Yahoo page, you'll see that all the time. You'll see you'll see 1,000 comments in a minute. That's impossible. It's a lot of comments. That's ridiculous. <laughs> it's insulting. Yeah. Um, all right. What What is the one thing you wish people would look at more open mindedly, like uh, either with nine eleven or with all this in general? You know what What's the smoking gun that kind of gives away that you know this is all a script? The water cooler. Okay. When you go to the water cooler at work, when everyone is talking about the authorized talking points, which they got from their download. They call it programming on TV. I mean, they, they don't even hide it. The 11 o'clock news, when what's said on the 11 o'clock news is repeated as your own opinion, 
at the water cooler the very next day. That's all you need to know. And if if you want to see people freak out, if you talk about something that's not been mentioned in the news cycle in the last 24 hours, people will look at you like you're a crackpot. <laughs> you mean just a story that is old or things that haven't been brought up yet? Like if I talked about – if you notice recently there's all this vaccines are safe, vaccines are not safe. Right. Now, six months ago, up until six months ago, the only person – in my neck of the woods that was talking about it was me. And people literally ran away from me, like ran away from me if I even brought that up. But now the good news is because the culture creation industry is making a big stink about it, probably because there's a tipping point being met and they're concerned that too many people are not vaccinating anymore. Actually, in Malibu, I understand like 40% of um, public schools in Malibu, the kids are not vaccinating. So it's we're told it's less than one percent, but in Malibu it's it's forty percent. Yeah, that's like a, high out here. That's a very. Oh, you were in Malibu? No, I'm in L.A. Okay, so you know, is Malibu pretty close? Oh yeah, yeah. Sorry, uh-huh. very close. Yeah. So so is this true that most people in Malibu are kind of awakened to the fact that there's probably a problem with vaccines? You know, I don't know what the percentage is by any means, but I know that a lot of well, celebrities celebrities seem to be the ones that. You know, obviously, there's the Jenny McCarthy that everyone thinks is nuts now. Yeah. Uh, believe it or not, you know, whether you believe her or you don't believe her, everyone thinks she's nuts. Um, but it seems like it's the the celebrity community that's really kind of going away from the vaccines. Right. So then the question is, well, why? Are they in the club? Of course they're in the club. They're actually in something called OTO, Ordus Templus Orientis. That's, that's their version of the club. That's the entertainment club. OTO. I'll put that in the notes. So you were asking me, you asked me like the one big question. Oh, talking about the water cooler. That that to me is it. It's like that's how you know how effective the propaganda is working. When everyone's talking about the same authorized talking points at the water cooler the next day and they are – I mean if you talk about like – oh, you asked – you mean like old stuff and stuff. Again, you know, if if vaccines are in the news right now, then I can go have a discussion – about vaccines. Uh, uh, but of course, if I say that I um, f- I don't think that they're safe and effective, that goes against the main talking point in the news. And I'm going to have literally a mob of people who will get very angry with me to have the, oh, you're endangering our children by not taking vaccines. And then I'll come back with some logic and I'll say, I'm confused. If vaccines are so good and they prevent it, then what are you worried about if my child isn't vaccinated? And then they get really, they don't have an answer for that. Because they haven't been trained what to say. And then they just literally, they walk away from you because that's the response. Right. Because they have no response. There is no response. Right. Okay. They haven't been trained on what to say. Yeah. All right. I'll wrap it up with this. Um, Mm -hmm. So let's say everyone believes everything you say. Perfect world. Everyone goes, holy crap. You are totally right about everything. Mm -hmm. 9-11, vaccines, Sandy Hook, everything. Mm-hmm. What do we do then? You know, what as the public do we do? Do we revolt or do we just go? Well, this is status quo. Like, what what happens at that point? Mm-hmm. That's a great question. Uh, revolt? No, because there is no complaints department in the club. Think about it. Like, you can complain to a member of Congress; they're in the club. It's going to go nowhere. Right. So that doesn't work. Voting is a sick joke on the profane. They laugh at us that we vote. 
They laugh at us. I'm actually doing a um, podcast and a blog post that all but one of the presidents are related to the king of France. Wow. <laughs> so this idea that we could be president one day is another sick joke on us. <laughs> it's a sick joke. Voting is a complete waste of time. Now, if you want to vote, great. When they say that I can't complain because I don't vote, I say it's the opposite. I'm like, I can't complain because I don't vote. But I don't even complain because, again, there's no complaints department. So what do you do? Right. What do you do? Uh, <laughs> I don't know if you're aware of this. Speaking of vaccines, did you know that vaccine manufacturers and doctors who prescribe vaccines are immune from lawsuit? Did you know that? I did not know that. Now, why would why would that be? Well, I mean, what think about that. Why would that be? I guess there, you know, if if there ends up being something wildly wrong with that, mm-hmm. they need some protection. But ta- remember the Tylenol scare? Are you old enough to remember that? Uh, I don't think so. Yeah, apparently, you know, there was a bad batch of Tylenol that was killing a bunch of people. Okay. So they didn't have any immunity from, you know, this horrible thing that happened. They they fixed it and they took a, a, a little bit of a loss financially and then they moved on and made it better. So where's the economic – this is kind of answering your question. Where's the economic power behind something that is completely protected against a lawsuit? There is none. None. Uh, in Europe, it is illegal to talk about the Holocaust if you question it. If you question – if you say, I think one less person died than we were told, you literally can go to jail for that. Why? In all of Europe? In Not all of Europe. In many countries. I'll put that in the list too here. That's something I've never heard of before. Uh-huh. So then you say to yourself, OK, what are they hiding? You know, What is up with that? If If I can't sue a vaccine because of a problem, that's really weird. If I question the Holocaust by one person, I go to jail for that. That's really weird. So this is what we're up against. So I just find that knowledge is, you know, information is power. And the idea that we know, if we let them know, the people in the club know that we know, I think they either slow down what they're going to do to us because they have plans that have been in the works for decades at a time. I can take another entire 90 minutes and go over that. Um, and we can let them know that we're not stupid and we're not going to take it anymore. And the way you do that um, is you forward this audio on to your friends and family and colleagues. And much like my 9-11, my 9/11 video, uh, which is the way you contacted me, has been seen literally by probably 30 million plus people. Like Jerry Seinfeld had the most popular show on TV. I don't think he had that many people watching his episode. Definitely. I've had more views of my video than Jerry Seinfeld. So the the people who are watching over us, that's the whole big brother thing. They're in the club. Right. They monitor what's going on. If they see us talking about it and passing it along, then they take notice. They want us to be not noticing. They just want to go with their agenda and get it through. And by the way, let me end on this. Yeah. You you take your do you ever been to an airport lately where you had to take your shoes off? Of course. It's ridiculous. Uh-huh. Ridiculous, right? Do you know how that started? Taking the shoes off? Yep. Um, no. His name was Richard Reed, I believe. He was the shoe bomber on an airplane ride. Oh, is that it the one never, that went into Chicago? Something like that, yeah. Never went off. I think the whole thing was a hoax, quite frankly. Is now, it the one where it. he was trying to light matches under his pants yeah. and people tackled him? Uh, and his shoes. 
Yeah, like he had something in his pants and the bomb was in his shoes and yeah, something like that. Right. So you're telling me that one incident that never even went off is going to cause the entire world to take their shoes off? By the way, that's a very Freemasonic thing as shows respect when you take your shoes off. Oh, it's really? All tie- oh, yeah. Ties into the club. So um, 9-11 has completely flipped our lives upside down. And if people who are listening to this take the little bit of leap of faith and think logically instead of emotionally, they'll realize that their entire lives have been flipped upside down by a huge stinking whopper of a lie. It is a lie. Even if you don't agree with me that no planes, no passengers, no one died in 9-11, let's just go with the – just go with the – they lied with the official story angle. And there's many different – there's actually one more thing I want to show you. If you type in 9-11 into Google, Mm -hmm. you're going to see the second listing usually is the September 11th attacks. The Wikipedia page? Uh Uh-huh. Yep. And then – What's interesting is there's only – now, I can tell you, I monitor the internet. I'm a marketing guy. I know what people are talking about. They're talking about 9-11 as a conspiracy. Tons of people are talking about it. If I do a search on this page for conspiracy, it's all conspiracy. It's like a conspiracy to commit acts. It's not conspiracy like people are talking what hey – Maybe there is a conspiracy here by the government or by the military or by the media. Notice that? Yeah, the one thing that mentions it, it just says 9-11 conspiracy theories have become social phenomena. Exactly. So when you click on that link, watch what happens. What happens is you get literally conspiracy candy. That's what we call it. You get rabbit holes after rabbit holes after rabbit trails of complete nutty stories that are, have nothing to do with what really happened on 9-11. So if you want to see this humongous effort to distract us from the truth, it's on the page that you just clicked on. And I'll put that link into the uh, into the notes too. So this is the try to be extra nutty to turn people off of it. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. Wow. I hate to do this because <laughs> this has been so effing interesting. But we've gone way over time, and, and I don't want to give people huge files to download every every week. Um, I have to wrap this thing up with you, unfortunately. It was uh, fantastic. I really – first of all, I want to thank you. You're the probably second person in my entire life that has been respectful, even when you've disagreed with stuff. You were totally respectful with that, and I really appreciate that. Well, thank you. Uh, I appreciate you spending the time. Look, I'm not going to lie to you. I didn't believe every single thing you said. But you've mm-hmm. also opened my eyes up to some new things. So mm-hmm. it was extremely – and that's all I can – I hope that's what happens to people who are listening. It was extremely interesting no matter what you believe. Mm-hmm. And I, I really appreciate you coming on and, and you talking all about this. Sure. Um, for those of you listening that enjoyed it as much as I did, truthin7minutes.com. Uh, new podcast, by the way. I can't mm-hmm. wait for that to come out. And mm-hmm. at truthin7minutes on Twitter, like we've been talking about, all the links will be posted – um, on the bio section of I want to know show.com. That way you can see, you can, you know, see all the stuff we talked about, prove that it's real. We're not just making it up. We really were on Yahoo and Google when we said we were on Yahoo and Google. So I, once again, appreciate you very much coming on here. My pleasure. Have a great night.
I enjoyed it. Thanks again so much to Marcus Allen for hanging out with us tonight, for talking September 11th, and so many other subjects as well. Once again, you can get him at truthin7minutes.com, and that's seven, the number, not spelt out, as well as at truthin7minutes on Twitter. Same thing, just the number. And he has a brand-new podcast out you can get from his website. Uh, he talks about uh, truth about different different things, and it's a very good podcast. You know, I don't know how to describe this episode any other way than interesting, which I really hate to use because I feel like I use that word as a crutch. But it was an extremely interesting episode. It really makes you think about things. Whether you believe everything he said or not is not what matters here. It's just to really get you thinking. So I would love, and I'm sure he'd like it too, would love to know what of everything he just said do you believe? What do you not believe? Tweet at us. You can get me, facebook.com slash I want to know show. Tweet at me at I want to know show. Or if you want to make it not so public, you can send me an email. I want to know pod at gmail.com like i said at the top of the show please don't forget to comment and rate on itunes or uh, any other podcast app they're using for that matter but uh, itunes especially it really helps the show out helps us get noticed don't forget to tell your friends and family all of that good stuff coming up on the next episode i have for you a very fun interview with charlotte kemp if you're not sure about that name she was in Playboy and was Miss December 1982. She has a new book out called Centerfolds, a collection of stories by Charlotte Kemp. This is a very, very fun interview. A couple of things. First of all, Charlotte still extremely hot. She's also a ton of fun to talk to, does not hold anything back, loves telling stories about her day as a playmate, uh, which is what her book is all about. So I cannot wait to share that conversation with you guys. I think you're going to enjoy it. It's a lot of fun. In the meantime, don't forget to check us out, IWantToKnowShow.com. Click on that guest page and uh, get all the links from this show if you haven't already. Tweet with me, Facebook with me, email me, all that good stuff. I love hearing from you guys. I love the feedback. I love hearing that you told your mom or your, or your friend or your girlfriend or your boyfriend about the show and now they're listening too. It actually means a lot to me. Glad to know that people are really enjoying the show so far. So thanks a lot. If you guys have any guests or are a potential guest to be on the show, send me an email. Maybe we can work something out. So I think that's everything for now. I'll see you guys in a couple of weeks. show comes out every other Wednesday. You know that. So on that note, good night, everybody. Good night, everybody.